Would you be seated this morning? If you're a man, I want you to come to the front. I don't want you to kneel down. I just want you to come to the front for just a moment. I want to talk to you and engage your heart, I believe, by the Spirit of God. We live in a time where men need to stand up and be men of faith and men of valor for the kingdom of God. Would you agree with that? Would you as men say it's a hard time to live for the glory of God and to the kingdom of God? But you as men say it's a challenge because all the distractions of life are coming at me. You've got sexual temptations. You've got financial temptations. You've got time temptations. And what we need today is men of God, men of faith, who will say, Lord, by the power of your spirit, I'm going to yield myself afresh and anew to you. And I need you, Father God. And God is burning in my heart this morning that, men, you need to look to the Savior and you need to call out to Jesus right now. And so I would ask you to bow your heads momentarily here and begin to pray that God would once again work in your heart. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, maybe, brother, you just need to grab the shoulder of the man beside you and say, can you help me be saved? Because there might be somebody here. But God wants to speak to the hearts of men because, men, you face difficulties and you face dilemmas and and you're going to be the leader of your home. And you're going to be the leader in your workplace. And God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon you. And I will enable you if you'll allow me, if you'll trust me. Father God, I thank you for these men, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, you fill them fresh with the Holy Spirit of God this hour. Enable them, God, to get fresh surrender of their lives. Enable them, God, to know your sustaining power and grace. Enable them, God, to know what it means to live to your glory. And God, when the challenges they face when they leave here, God, they're going to be right outside that door. The challenges they face, God, that they came in here with, God, they're going to be right outside that door. But God, you give them superseding grace, God, to enable and to endure. And you use it for your glory, God. Build them up strong and mighty. Empower them for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen and amen. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't know why that was on my heart so heavy. But if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16. Now, if you've been with us on Wednesdays, you understand that we've been going through the Psalms and where they were written. And many of the Psalms of David, they were written while he was running from Saul, while he was fleeing for his very life, for his safety. And when you come to the book of 2 Samuel, you find once again the story of David. David, who was the king, he gets betrayed by his own son. Do you know what it means to be betrayed? Maybe you've been in that pattern where someone betrayed you. Maybe you've been there when someone slandered you. Maybe you've been there where somebody sold you out. Well, this was not just anybody. This was his own son. Can you imagine, and maybe you can, that your own child breaks your heart? Can you imagine how your own flesh and blood breaks your heart? Because that's what's going on with David here. You find that David, he was there as king on the throne, and his son Absalom rose up against him. His son Absalom decided he would take the throne. He won the hearts of the people. He told them what they wanted to hear, and he persuaded them. And all of a sudden, David, he has to flee from Jerusalem. He has to flee from the Holy City. He has to leave his things behind. He has to leave his throne behind. And now he's going out into a wilderness. He's just trying to get distance between him and Jerusalem, distance between him and Absalom, because Absalom wants to kill him. Absalom wants to destroy his life. And maybe that's how you feel. 
Maybe you feel like you're running. Maybe you feel like you're trying just to get ahead. Maybe you feel like you're just trying to survive the next moment. That's where Absalom was or that's where David was. But let me tell you, God's got a word for you. God's got a word how you're supposed to face the challenges, how you're supposed to face the dilemmas, how you're supposed to face life when it comes at you, throw it its worst it can, throw at you. And look what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. And when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephbosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisins, and a hundred summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Zeba, What meanest thou by these? And Zeba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for such as be faint, and the wilderness may drink. And the king said, Where is thy master's son? And Zeba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my fathers. David is in a strange place. He's in a place where he's been anointed as king of Israel. He's set on the throne of king of Israel, but he's been betrayed by his son Absalom. And instead of going and having Absalom removed, instead of having Absalom killed, he could do that. He was the king. He had the power. He had the money. He had the resources. He said, no, I will not do that to my child. Just like you would not want to harm your own child. Just like you would not want to do anything against your own child. He said, I will up and I will leave and I will flee. And he took hundred men with him. He took two hundred men with him but they were leaving everything he had in the palace why because Absalom wanted to kill his own daddy Absalom wanted to destroy his own father Absalom wanted to be king he wanted to be on the throne and that's what he was striving to do and so David it says he runs out in chapter 15 he is barefooted and he leaves with a few hundred men and as he's going down that Kidron Valley out of Jerusalem, he comes to Mount Olivet. And when he gets to Mount Olivet, if you read in chapter 15, it says, And David worshipped the Lord there. Can you imagine running for your life? Can you imagine fleeing with just what you've got on your back? Can you imagine hurting your little kids that you've got, hurting the few shoulders that you have? And you're leaving this place and you stop there in Mount Olivet and you say, I've got to worship my God. Guys, there's wisdom in that. You have to come to a place where you understand in the middle of life's trials, you need to be a worshiper of the King of kings and Lord of lords. In the middle of the situations of life, you need to know what it is and I'm going to bend my knee and bow my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to understand when things are tough and things are wearisome and things are bringing trials into your life, you've got to understand I'm called to worship my God even when things are bad and when things are even worse. I'm called to be a worshiper of my Savior. And he bent his knee and he bent his heart and he worshiped there on Mount Olivet, the very King of kings and Lord of lords, his God Jehovah. You see, as he was moving through the wilderness, he began to worship his God. You need to understand, men, as you are moving through the wilderness of life, you need to know what it means to worship God. There's not going to be choirs singing about you. There's nobody going to be giving special music to encourage you. You've got to learn what it means to stop in the middle of your mess and say, I will praise you. I will exalt you. Why? Because you're my king. And it's only as you learn to worship in that capacity, which is the purest worship of all, that you will be able to make it to the top. You'll be able to make it to the next level. You'll be able to climb that mountainside. But hear me, when David stopped in worship, he did not know what God was doing on the other side of a mountain. He did not know what God had in store for him just right on the top of the mountain. Because just on the other side, there was a servant coming to meet David. There was somebody coming to engage in David's life. There was Zeba coming with fruits and wine. They were coming to restore, to refresh, to help the king. 
whether you're going up the mountain or you're on the other side of the mountain. I just pray God use me in one way or the other. But let me know my Savior. Let me know His provision. Let me know His presence. Guys, in life, you're going to find yourself many times running because there's issues that you don't know how to handle. You're going to find yourself in the middle of a wilderness because you are following what God's Word says. Now hear me, everybody goes into wilderness times and wilderness moments in life. You can either be led by the Spirit into the wilderness like Jesus was or you can be driven by the devil into the wilderness like Saul did many time and time and time. You have to understand why are you in the wilderness? Were you led there by the Spirit of God or were you driven there by the devil himself? And as a child of God, you you have to understand in your life your responsibility to stop and engage your master, engage your Lord, to exalt him, to worship him because he's your God. And when David did that, it gave him strength. He stopped at that filling station along the way and he filled up his spiritual being whereby he could go on a little bit longer. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to make frequent stops to fill ourselves up with the presence of God, with the power of God, so we can face the challenges that are coming down the road next, so we can face whatever life is wanting to throw at us. We've got to be willing to say, here I am, God. Fill me up. Use me. Enable me. But God, I'm here before you to bend my knee and to bow my heart before you because you're my king. And when he got to the top, just to the other side. In verse 1 of chapter 16, God says, I've got something for you. Just think what had happened if he was weary in the travel and he said, I'm not going any longer. I'm just going to sit right here. I'm just going to give it up. Absalom can do with me whatever he wants to do. Hear me, guys. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't let up. Why? Because just over the top of the mountain, just over the top of the other side, God's going to meet you there. And he's going to meet you with a servant of his. And that servant of his is going to come and bring refreshment to your life. That servant of his is going to come and bring restoration to your life. That servant of his is going to bring rest into your life because here comes Eber the servant every time you see it he's a servant he comes bringing supplies he comes bringing what David and the men needed he brought him fresh donkeys and David said what's with the donkeys and Zeba said master you don't have to walk anymore I'm going to rest you and that's what God does. As you pursue Him, as you yield to Him, He will send those seasons of refreshment to your soul. He will send those times whereby He will carry you on to the next place, on to the next time. He sent donkeys there by Zeba, where the master of the David and all of his family, they could rest and they could ride upon the donkeys and no longer would they have to know the weariness of the walk in that time. But He also sent summer fruit. And it says the young men would take the summer fruit. They would take the raisins. And as they would take the summer fruit, they would celebrate the goodness. Why? Because God said, I'm going to replenish your strength. I'm going to give you rest, and I'm going to replenish your strength. I'm going to replenish your soul. And isn't that what God still does to us? We face difficult times, and we face challenges times, and he gives us a season of rest. And he says, now I'm going to replenish you. I'm going to give you fresh energy. I'm going to give you fresh ability so that you can face whatever's coming on down the road next. And then he gave him wine. Now, don't get all excited this was non-alcoholic wine see that's what amazes me whenever I read wine they automatically assume alcohol but in the Bible it is not implied of alcohol he gave him grape juice he gave him juice for the journey why 
because he needed that inside his life to have that refreshment because he was growing faint. And there's times in life where God's going to give you juice for the journey. He's going to give you refreshment for your soul whereby you can move on in the very spirit of God. He's going to enable you because here's what I'm bringing you. He said, I will give you rest and I'm going to replenish you and I'm going to enable you and I'm going to restore you and I'm going to refresh you. Him, I'm going to give this to you. Why? But you've got to meet him on the mountainside in worship. You've got to meet him when you're by yourself. You've got to meet him and you just cry out to your father, bending your knee and bending your heart. And he says, I will pour this upon your life. And in time, he pours out this next essence of rest inside your, inside your spirit, inside your soul. But not only does he give him rest, he gives him rejoicing. You see, guys, it's one thing to have rest and you never get out of the doldrums of life. It's another thing to have joy down inside your spirit, down inside your soul. Because Almighty God has worked inside you in such a way whereby you know the joy of the Lord is your strength. He gave him rejoicing where he was. Nothing has changed. You do realize that Absalom is still hunting for him. Absalom is still trying to take him out. David is still fleeing. And all of a sudden God has given him rejoicing inside himself. Why? Because they begin to celebrate. They celebrate the goodness of God. They celebrate the goodness of their master. They celebrate all that God is doing for them, even in the midst of the trial, even in the running, just over the top, just on the other side. God said, I've got somebody coming for you. I've got somebody to meet you. I've got somebody to restore you. But you've got to keep on keeping on. Men, keep on keeping on. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't fall short. You'll miss the goodness of God. You'll miss the provision of God. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't hold back. You'll miss it. Don't miss it. He said, I'll give it to you. He said, I want to give you rest. I want to give you rejoicing. Because, see, nothing has changed. You understand, Absalom is still looking for his life. Absalom is still trying to take him out. And David, he's met. And all of a sudden, he gets all this from God. And he's able, he's unable to keep going on the next step. Now, you keep reading the story in chapter 16. And guess who shows up? Shimei shows up. Anybody remember Shimei? Shimei was a descendant of Saul. Shimei was probably a Benjaminite. Shimei didn't like David. And so just after he had the rest and just after he had the refreshment, just after he had the rejuvenation and he was rejoicing, Shimei shows up and he's throwing rocks at the king. He's cursing David. You ever have anybody throw rocks at you? Now, it might not be physical, but you've had them throw rocks, they say. They throw things at you in, in disparaging phrases. They throw things at you trying to bring you down and to pull you down. They throw words at you to hurt you, to harm you. See, that's what Shimei was doing. He came out and called David a bloody man, and he was throwing rocks at him. David faced Shimei because he didn't quit at Mount Olivet. Because when he got to the top there of the Kidron Valley at Mount Olivet, his next mountain was Mount Scopus. And when he kept pressing on because he had stopped and worshipped along the way, he met up on the top of Mount Scopus, Zeba. And Zeba there gave him what he needed for the next phase of life, for the next few days that he was going through. But all of a sudden, after he had received all of this, he faces Shimei, somebody wanting to throw rocks at him, somebody wanting to beat him down, somebody wanting not 
for him to succeed. Men, there's all kinds of people that do not want you succeeding in life. There's all kinds of individuals that want you just to shut up and be quiet and go away. Quit telling them about your Jesus. Quit living by faith. Quit bowing your head at lunchtime and praying over your meal. They want you to quit acting like you're a child of the king and just act like everybody else. They'll throw rocks at you. They'll say things about you. They'll, be, they'll, they'll, they'll put you down. But you, as a child of God, you've been enabled by the Spirit of God that you live in spite of what they say. You walk in the glory of God. You walk in the will of God. You walk in the way of God. Why? Because He's your Savior. And He did it all on Calvary Street for you and for me. He bore your sin. He bore my sin. He bore your shame and my shame. And then He resurrected on the third day, ascended on high to the very glory of portals of God. And you and I, because of that, He's given us that blessed Holy Ghost. He's given us the Holy Spirit of God that we can live in this life even though it does not like us and even though it does not want us and even though it doesn't want to listen to us we can live for his kingdom no matter what but you got to make up your mind you got to make up your mind who you're going to listen to are you going to listen to the shimmy eyes or are you going to listen to the zeba who brings you refreshment and i shared with the church on wednesday about a buddy of mine that he was escorted out of his pulpit last sunday by two police officers I texted him this week trying to encourage him. He's done nothing wrong. But Shimei showed up. You know every church has got Shimei's family still in it. Y'all know that? Now Shimei's long dead and gone, but he's got descendants and they in every church across this land. This morning or yesterday he, he sent me a text. He said, I'm preaching in my pulpit tomorrow. See, see, God worked in a supernatural way. But every place has got its shimmy eyes. Every place has got somebody that wants to throw rocks. Don't be a shimmy eye, guys. Don't be that one who wants to take out the king. Don't be that one because, see, you keep reading about shimmy eye and it wasn't a pretty story down the road. But hear me, shimmy eye said he cursed him. He threw rocks at him. And then there's another character in the story, Abishai. And I've told you all about Abishai. I like Abishai. See, Abishai, he looked over at Shimei, and he shook his head in frustration and disgust. And he looked at King David, and he said, Can I not go cut his head off? In the name of Jesus, can I not just take that man out? Now, that's my paraphrase. And David said, No. Buddy, I bet inside of his spirit, my spirit, he said, Yeah. Deal with it. See, 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 we all need the Abishai spirit inside us where we are going to stand for what is right and we are going to stand for truth and we are going to stand for the kingdom of God and we are going to stand for his righteousness and his holiness and his majesty. We need that spirit of Abishai in us that we will be men who will stand up and do what is right in a time when everybody's telling you don't worry about it, let it slide, let it go. We need men of God who will stand and say, I will stand for my king. I will stand for my Lord. I will not bow down. I will not back up. I will stand for truth. Amen. And David said, no. How could he do that? Because David had been refreshed. David had encountered the God that he had served in worship in Mount, uh, on Mount Olivet. He had been refreshed by Zeba on top of the mountain. He had been given rest. He had been given encouragement. And all of that, when he faced this next phase of his situation, he kept moving through it. Guys, this 
too will pass. Whatever you're going through, I don't know who you are. This too will pass. You are to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't camp there. You don't live there. You realize this too will pass. You are not to plant yourself there and say, poor woe is me for the rest of my life. No, this too will pass. And you will walk through this valley. You will walk through this season. You will walk through this trial. You will walk through this time. Why? Because God is the God who loves you. And God is the God who is working in your life. And God says, I'm working in you now to make you stronger for the future. Because down the road, you're going to be Shimei or you're going to be Abishai. You're going to be Zeba or you're going to be the one who betrays the king. Have you realized this? Sometimes I'm walking up the mountain. And sometimes I'm the servant coming to meet you on the mountain. You figured that out yet? There's times where all I can do is put one foot in front of the other. I'm walking up the mountain, and I've stopped, and I've worshipped my God. And then there's other times where God has benefited me, and he has sent me, or he has sent you, and we're just like Zeba. We're coming on the other side, and we're going to meet somebody, and we're going to encourage them with words, and we're going to enable them with what God is saying and what God is doing. It doesn't matter to me, right? Whether I'm going up the mountain or I'm meeting you on top of the mountain, I just want to be where God wants me to be, doing what God wants me to do, yielding to the Spirit of God in that moment. How many of y'all have ever got to church and you didn't even feel like getting out of your car? You pull into the parking lot and you say, what's the use? I don't even understand it. The pressure's so great. The burden's so heavy. I don't know what's going on. But you make yourself get out of that car and you walk through these doors. And all of a sudden you come inside this building and you meet Abishai or you meet Zeba. And they take you by the head and then they take and hug you in your neck and they whisper in your ear, I've been praying for you. I don't know what's going on inside your life. I don't know what you're dealing with this week. But you've been on my mind and I've been lifting you to the Father. Thank God for Zebas who come come alongside us and give us those moments of refreshing. Thank God for those zebras who come alongside us and they encourage us in our walk with God. Hear me, guys. Whether you're David coming up the mountain or you're zebra being on the side of the mountain, it does not matter. We will fill both roles at some time. I just want to be where God can use me or God can bless me. I can be blessed by you or I can be a blessing to you. Use me whatever you see fit, God. In that life, David's situation never changed. He's still running from Absalom. He's still trying to create distance between him and Jerusalem. He's still headed into the wilderness. And even though he faces Shimei and Abishai is ready to take him out, he says no. And they keep on plodding. They keep on going. And they go in the strength of Almighty God. They go and they're enabled by God to work things to whereby God allows David one more time to ascend back into Jerusalem. One more time to seat upon that throne there in Jerusalem. One more time he's able to go back into that tabernacle and bend his knee before the holy of holies there before almighty God and exalt who he is and isn't that what God wants to do in your life one more time he's allowed you to come to this place one more time he's allowed you to show up and know his grace one more time he said I've come here and I'm coming to give you fullness of my joy I'm coming here to give you fullness of my spirit I'm coming here today to give you my best and you as God's child all we can do is say Lord I want to receive whatever you've got for me I don't feel like I got anything to give you but Lord I'll receive whatever you got, and all of a sudden he starts stirring inside you, and praise starts coming off your lips, and all of a sudden joy starts filling inside your soul, and all of a sudden you're not the same guy you were when you walked in here. Why? Because you met the Savior, and you had the Spirit of God move inside you. He's working in your life. Woo! I'm wore out. I'll get to the sermon in a minute. Yeah, that's not the introduction. No, no. Men, I don't know where you've come from. 
I don't know what you're facing. But I know God told me to bring you to the front and to pray for you. And I don't know if you know Jesus or if you're lost. But hear me, I beg you. Trust Christ today. He is your burden bearer. He bore it on Calvary to take it to the Father that you might know forgiveness of sins and you can know life in abundance. Hear me. Maybe you're born again. You know Christ. You walk in the Spirit of God day in, day out. You walk in rhythm with the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. But you're dealing with a difficult time. You're dealing with a difficult season. He said, I want to send you refreshment. I want to send you encouragement. I want to give you a word of hope. And hear me. In Him is our hope and in Him is our purpose. And him is our here. He said, I'm sending it today. Receive what I have for you. So won't you bow your heads and close your eyes? This altar is open. If you need to come and pray and do business with God, you need to start moving right now. Because if God is speaking to your heart, He's speaking to your spirit, He's speaking to you for a reason. He is calling you. He wants to equip you. He wants to enable you. He wants to fill you. But many times He waits for you to respond to Him. You say, do I have to do it publicly? Yes, sir, you do, I believe. Because if God prompts you publicly, He should be responding to Him publicly. Yield to whatever the Master say. Lost man, lost boy, lost girl, lost woman. If you don't know Jesus, why don't you come today and be born again? Why don't you come today and meet Him for the first time? Why don't you come today and find out what what grace is all about. Find out how he can forgive your sin. You say, you don't know what I've done, preacher. It doesn't matter what you did. Because when Jesus died on Calvary Street, he died for all your sins. Past, present, and future for the worst of your sins. He has given himself. I don't care what kind of life you live, moral or immoral. He is a Savior and his blood will wash and cleanse you. I don't care what you've done in your life. He said, I'll offer it to you freely if you'll respond to me. If you'll yield to me, I'll cleanse you. I'll make you brand new. Won't you be born again today. Won't you come to Jesus right now before it's too late? Won't you trust him as your Savior? You say, I don't know how. Let me tell you. Just cry out to him. Just call him on. Just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, save me. And as he's drawn you by his Holy Spirit, he'll quicken you from the dead. He will make you alive. He will give you new birth in Jesus. You'll not be the same. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing. Open up the altar, Christ. It's open. Come. What's God saying to you? Obey him. Don't put him off. Don't put him off. See, this is one of our issues. We want to say, well, I'm going to wait a little while. Why? He's speaking to you now. Don't wait. You have not a promise of another day. You're only promised today, right now. Obey God. He will give you what you need. He will strengthen you through your trial. He will give you what you have to have next. He may not take you out of the situation. He may not take you out of the promise. But he will give you all that you need. If you trust him, if you'll come to him, if you'll obey him, 